Hello and welcome to Mosaic Life Church's podcast. We believe that everyone can find hope and healing in Christ. My name is Jack Gonzalez, the lead pastor here at Mosaic. and We hope that you enjoy today's message and you're blessed by it. At the end of the message, I'll share some contact information with you. If you do have any further questions, you can connect with us. Have a blessed day. Um, today we continue on with our message series, Know Him by Name. And it's been wonderful. If you've missed any of it, go back and check it out on the podcast. Um, Go ahead and watch it on YouTube. But I want to take a moment and read our central passage today, and then we'll take a moment to pray. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 through 24. I know some of you have it memorized now. This is our second, seventh week talking about it. But it says this. Can we read it together on the count of three? One, two, and three. This is what the Lord says. Let no wise man boast of his wisdom, nor let the mighty man boast of his might, nor a rich man boast of his riches, but let the one who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises mercy, justice, and righteousness on the earth, for I delight in these things, declares the Lord. Amen. See, God's not impressed with the person who can boast about how much money they got or how strong they are or how wise they are and how they know what they know. But what God is looking for is for the person who says that you know me, that you actually know him. You know the difference between knowing somebody and like really knowing somebody? Like you can say, oh yeah, I know LeBron James, but do you really know him? Or like you could say, well, I know Jesus. Yeah, do you really know him? Well, you know, I went to church one time on, on Easter Sunday, you know, and uh, but do you really know him? And that's what we're talking about here in this series, is learning to know him by the way that he introduces himself in Scripture, to know him by name. And this is so powerful. I hope you've been blessed and you've enjoyed every part of it. With that being said, let me take a moment to pray and we'll jump into the next part. Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, move and be free in this place. There's some people that have come, Lord, and they have not had an encounter with you. But I pray that today they would. Today they would meet you. And maybe they've been wondering or questioning, what does it really mean to even have an encounter with God? Is that real? Is that possible? I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move today. And that person that has experienced you, but they say, you know what? I want to go deeper. God, would you show me more? Holy Spirit, would you just do that today? And would you touch and would you reveal and would you take deeper and would you heal and would you just do everything that you desire to do? I pray that as you anoint me and give me the ability to communicate your word today, I pray that your word will be followed with signs and wonders. God, do miracles beyond what maybe even the human mind can imagine. Thank you for your presence, Father. Thank you that you are here. Do your good work. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to open up with this verse and really get us around the idea of where we're trying to go. I'm going to ask you something consistently throughout this message, and it's around the idea, can God do it? And so I want to open up with this. It's found in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, and, and it says this, Jesus looked straight at them and said, there are some things people cannot do, but God can do anything. Anything. I mean like 
anything, he can do it. You see, in this particular moment, Jesus is having a conversation with a young man, and he's talking about him, talking to him about what does it take to get into heaven. And so after a little bit of back and forth and then conversation with his disciples, they turn to Jesus and they say, well, that sounds really hard. Who can really ever make it to heaven? And then Jesus tells them, listen, with man, yeah, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And he gives us this general statement that helps each and every one of us come to the place that there is nothing, that God is not limited, that God, there's no space where God cannot do it. Church, I ask you as we get started here today, can God do it? Can He do it, church? Can He do it? Yes, He can. Yes, He can. I want to, I want to, I want to put us in this perspective here as we get started. Have you broken any of God's laws? Yes. Right, I have. But if God can pull you out of that pit... And put your feet on solid ground, what can he not do? You are already the miracle. You are already the proof that God can do anything. Because if God can save you and your situation and your background and the things that you've been through, what can he not do? There is nothing impossible for him. Church, I ask you again here. Can God do it? Yes, he can. And so this morning, I need your faith elevated as we get into this. Are you with me? Can God do it? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Amen. Many of you have heard of Moses and parting the Red Sea. Have you heard of that story? There's a 1950s film of it that is just tremendous called The Ten Commandments. I encourage you to go and check it out. I have this picture, this image that I want you to see here. But God had used Moses to lead the people out of Egypt where they were in bondage. God goes and he sends these ten plagues on the Egyptians because they will not let the people of God go. And so these people, they get to witness these ten, these ten plagues hit the people. And then Pharaoh finally lets them go. And so the people are leaving Egypt and they're heading out and they're they're. they're on their way, and so they go up, and they're, 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 they're with their backs against the wall at the Red Sea, and then God hardens Pharaoh's heart, and Pharaoh's like, no, I'd let them go, but I changed my mind, and then he goes, and he charges after him with all of his army and his charioteers, and he's like, I'm going to go get them and bring them back and do all of that, and so the people against their backs against the wall of the Red Sea, Moses lifts up his staff, and the power of God is revealed, and the sea is opened, and it is parted. Church, can God do it? Where's your faith at? Can God do it? The people walk across on dry ground, and then the ocean, then the, then the water closes on the armies of Pharaoh, and the people of God are saved. And it's right after this moment here, when all of this takes place, the people of God are saved, and then Moses records what is one of the most amazing worship songs, declaring who God is, thanking Him for what He's done. And you know that feeling, right? You like makes you want to skip. Ooh, God just did it. Like, you're excited. Like, ooh. You know when God just does the miracle in your life? God just does it. He saves that. He does that thing. And you just like, ooh, I just can't even stay still. Like, I got to tell somebody. Like, God did it, right? You're at that place of excitement. And that's where Moses is at. 
He's at that place like, oh my, woo, God, did you just see what God did? I mean, I saw it. Did you see it? Like, I mean, they're at that place where it's so beautiful. And he's declaring and he writes down and this song is recorded. And right after this passionate moment of giving God glory, I want you to see what happens next in Exodus chapter 15. And this is the main passage of where we're going to park at today. Exodus 15, verses 22 through 27. It says this, Then Moses led the people from the Red Sea, right? God had just done the miracle. And they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Hmm, okay. Verse 23. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah because they were bitter. For that reason, it was named Marah, right? Marah means bitter. So here they are, the people of God. They leave the Red Sea. God had just done the miracle. They all had a front row seat to, to, to see it all. And now they're in the wilderness. Three days, no water. And then the water they finally come across is bitter. Isn't that just like life sometimes? We're so high off of everything that God has done and that all of a sudden it seems like it gets a little bit tough and it just kind of hits us. It's like right in our face and it's tough and we're struggling and we're like, whoa, what happened? We was just doing good. And why am I going through this? Why is this, why is this happening? Maybe your question is, why is life that way? Why is life like we're like walking on clouds, it feels like, and the next moment we're like in the wilderness, three days, no water. We find water and it's bitter. Why is life that way? It's an excellent question. And it has everything to do with sin in this life. But what you need to know, and as we get started in this, what you need to know is that whatever it is that you are facing now, you will not face in heaven. Whatever it is that's overwhelming you now, whatever it is that you feel like you're dealing with now, whatever it feels like, like, like it's just running in circles in your head now, whatever emotions you're dealing with now, whatever it is you feel like that, that is just too big for you to handle now, you will not face in heaven. God has a bigger plan. And remember, brothers and sisters, we are not living for this life, but we're living for the one to come. You will go through trials, but the Lord God is with you. You will get past this. You will move on. God has greater things in store. The question for all of us is can you persevere? Can you persevere? What do I mean? Can you stay faithful to God between now and you getting to heaven? Can you do that? From where you're at right now, going forward in your life, and I'm not saying that you're never going to make another mistake. I'm not saying that you're not going to sin and you made a mistake and do the wrong thing. I'm not saying that. that I'm saying when you do fall, will you get back up? Because I'm not saying fall in your sin and then develop a new identity. I guess this is how I am now. Oh, then God doesn't love me. And then, and then you know, and, and I'm in this new identity. I'm not saying do that. What I'm saying is life will hit you. You'll get knocked down, but you get right back up because you remember who God is and who you are in him. 
So can you stay faithful to God between now and getting to heaven? That's what it means to persevere. I want you to look at the people, what the people do after three days of, uh, of wilderness and bitter water. Verse 24, it says this. So the people grumbled. Someone say grumbled. They grumbled at Moses saying, what are we to drink? What happened? I thought we were close. We were tight. Why am I going through this? What's the first thing that we do when it's not going our way and it's starting to get tough? Complain. Complain. Like, God, don't you love me? I mean, come on. And the people that Moses is leading in this moment, I mean, we're talking about a stubborn group. Like, they're just, like, if you've read the story and you know more about these people, you know what they do consistently? Complain. Like, they are like the picture. Look at like the dictionary of complain. Look it up. You're going to see a picture of the people in Israel in the wilderness. Like, these folks complain. But it's kind of just like us. Oh, my goodness, the line is too long. They got my order all wrong. Never coming back here again. They don't have what I need. Why am I going through this? This isn't fair. Well, Moses is standing in front of these people, and he's got to do something. He has to do something about this. So in verse 25, it says this, and he cried out to the Lord. Moses is dealing with this, and he has to come before the Lord. He has to ask him. He says, and, and the Lord showed him a tree, and he threw the tree, he threw the wood into the waters, and the waters became sweet. Whoa, miracle. What kind of miracle is this? What's this about? Why would God use this piece of wood, and he throws the wood into the water, and then it becomes sweet? What's that about? There's a young prophet. His name is Elijah. God's doing some tremendous things through him. And he's got a group of young prophets that are following him, and the number's growing, and their, their, their gathering is growing, so they have to find a new place to meet. So, like, let's go over to the Jordan River right there on the side. We're going to cut some down some trees, and we're going to build a new place to meet because our group is getting larger. So the prophets, they're all these young guys that are gathering, and they're, they're axing, what is it called, chopping, and I'm probably holding my whole net right. It's like this. And they're, they're, they're axing and they're chopping down. Well, I promise you I know how to split a log. I do. And, and so they're, they're, they're chopping and they're going down like this. And one of the young brothers, what he does is the axe head falls off of the axe and into the water. And he's like, Elijah, man. Like, like I, my axe head fell in the water. And he's like, it wasn't even my own axe. I borrowed it. Have you ever borrowed somebody's stuff and you hope to return it the way you found it? You ain't trying to pay for it. Come on, somebody. And so he comes to Elijah and he's like, Elijah, this is what happened. And then in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 6, it says this. Where did it fall? The man of God asked. When he showed him the place, Elijah cut a stick. Someone say, cut a stick. And threw it into the water at that spot. Then the axe head floated to the surface. Grab it, Elijah said. And the man reached out and grabbed it. 
God did the miracle and used a piece of wood to do it. What am I saying here? See, this is foreshadowing what God was going to do through the Lord Jesus Christ on a tree. A miracle that would set us all free. A miracle that would change and transform each and every one of us. I want you to see the image here of Jesus on a cross. Wood cut out to hang criminals for their crimes. The only thing is that Jesus did not commit any crimes. Jesus did not break any of God's laws. He had no sin, yet he died a criminal's death on a tree, on a piece of wood. Died our death. He saved us from, from the pain. He saved us from our punishments a tree, a piece of wood. So here are these people in the wilderness complaining. Life's brought them hard times. Three days, no water, and they find it to be undrinkable. But isn't that just like us? God just did the huge miracles. They saw the ten plagues. He rescued them out of Egypt, parted the Red Sea. They worshiped God, declaring how good he is. And three days later, they're like, where in the world are you at? Do you even exist? And God does this miracle. Verse 25b. You know, and this is important because, you know, God's got to talk to them. God's got to talk to the folks. He needs them to understand who he is and what he requires of them. And so he says this. There he made for them a statute. Not a statue. A statute. And regulation. And there he tested them. And that's so important that you understand. See, God, it's not that God's not going to do the miracle in your life. It's not that God's not going to set you free. It's not that God's not going to heal you or restore you or work out that situation, that, that relationship, that medical thing that you got going. God can do all of that, but he is going to see how you handle what he does with what he gives you. He is looking to see what you do. Okay, I'm going to do this in your life. Who's going to get the glory? Are you even going to mention my name? How are you going to handle what I place in your hands? That's what's there. He tested in verse 26. And he said, if you'll listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and listen to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases of which I have put on the Egyptians. He says, remember those 10? You're not going to see them. For I, the Lord, am your healer. He says, I am your healer. He heals the water. He does the miracle. Church, can God do it? Church, can God do it? Yes, he can. You know, what's the most amazing thing about this story is really the picture of the way that God works. God does these miracles, and then he tests them. See, how are they going to handle Well, okay, here's three days and some bitter water. Are you going to act like you don't know me because you have three days and some bitter water? Some of you ain't get Starbucks for three days and you're all over the mess. <laughs> but right around the corner, verse 27, then they came to Elim where there were 12 springs of water and 70 date palms. And they camped there beside the water. What you need to understand is around the corner, God has all the provision and the comfort and the peace that you're ever going to need. Yeah. 
But yeah, you might go through three days with no water, and then the one you find is bitter. But are you going to turn and say, God, do you even exist? Or are you going to persevere? From this point to heaven, how are you going to handle this relationship? Can you stay faithful to the Lord God? Can you stay faithful? Can you stay faithful to him? We have to trust God. And some of you, I get it. That's where we're at right now. Right now, you're at the place where you're trying to figure out if you can trust God. You see, these people find themselves experiencing the mighty hand of God. They saw the, the, the ten plagues. They saw the Red Sea. Some of you think, man, if I saw that, I would never doubt God ever again. But these people leave in the Red Sea. They find themselves in the wilderness. God, where are you at? God heals the water. And then God tells them, follow my decrees. Do the right thing. Do the right thing and you'll never even see those plagues that hit the Egyptians. What is he saying? He is saying this. My blessing is directly tied to my ability to follow God's ways. Can I stay faithful? Listen, Maybe I, I should have worded it this way. The keeping of my blessing is directly tied to my ability to follow God's ways. Because God will bless you. God will show up. God will do the miracle. God will come in and he'll heal and he'll restore and he'll show his mighty hands. God will do it. He'll do it 100%. But the keeping of your blessing has everything to do with you being faithful to the Lord God. Can you keep a blessing? God will give a blessing, but can you keep a blessing? Because he loves you and he wants to work in your life and he wants to do all of those things. But he's not over here just rub a lamp and pass out. Here you go, here you go, here you go. Act like you don't know me afterwards. And God is serious about these things. He's serious about you following what's in his word. Now, some of you know this. You might be familiar with this, but let me break this down for you a little bit. You know, once a month we take Holy Communion. You know what that is, right? We, we have a piece of bread and, uh, you know, the little cracker and we have the little juice. Once a month we do that to remember and reflect on what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for each and every one of us. And as you look in the scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and where it talks about this, the Apostle Paul actually says the reason why some of you are sick and some of you are struggling is because you take the communion in a manner unworthy. What is he saying? He's saying two things. See, God is so specific and he's so detailed and he asks us that we would know his word and we would understand what he's doing. But he says this, if you are not a Christ follower, if you do not follow Christ do not take Holy Communion. Don't do it. It's not that you're excluded from things, but he says, do not do it. This is God. God, that's what he says. Secondly, he says, if you have some type of unforgiveness towards somebody else, even if you are a believer in Jesus, but you have some unforgiveness, he says, do not take Holy Communion. He says, go and forgive that person, go deal with that, and then come back and take Holy Communion. 
He says, this is the reason why some of you are struggling and some of you are sick. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 11. He says this. He is so detailed about how he wants us to walk this out. God will bless. God will do the miracle. But he asks you to follow his ways. Can you be faithful to him between now and heaven? And we'll make mistakes. But will you get back up and continue to be faithful to the Lord God Almighty? Church, can God do it? What is it that you got going on? What is it that you're dealing with? What is it that you're facing? God can do it. You see, it's here in this passage in Exodus 15 where God reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha. Someone say Jehovah Rapha. See, he reveals himself as the Lord who heals, and he can do anything. There is nothing impossible for him. Physical healing, he can do it. Supernaturally, he can do it. Emotional healing, mental healing, spiritual healing, he can do it. Church, can he do it? See, in the New Testament, it's really Jesus who, who introduces himself as Jehovah Rapha. In Mark chapter 10, in verses 46 through 52, this is this, Jesus and his disciples went to Jericho, and as they were leaving, they were followed by a large crowd. A blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When he heard that it was Jesus from Nazareth, he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Do you see his faith already? He hasn't even asked Jesus for the healing, but he already believes. Verse 48, some people, many people told the man to stop, but he shouted all the louder, son of David, have pity on me. Isn't it just like that? Some people will tell you, don't call on Jesus. They'll try to discourage you. Don't go to church. Don't, don't, don't be faithful. Over, don't, don't give your tithe. Don't go to Bible study. Don't, don't do those. Some people will try to discourage you away from God. But he persists. Verse 49, Jesus stopped and said, call him over here. They called out the blind man and said, don't be afraid. Come on, he is calling for you. You need to hear these words this morning as the Lord Jesus says them to you. Do not be afraid. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever it is that you've been facing, whatever it is that has overwhelmed you, do not be afraid. Verse 50, the man threw off his coat, his coat and he jumped up and ran to Jesus. And Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man answered, Master, I want to see. Jesus told him, you may go. Your eyes were healed because of your faith. At once the man could see, and he went down the road with Jesus. It was the man's own faith and the power of Jesus revealed, and the man sees he is Jehovah Rapha. Church, can God do it? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. In the book of Mark, chapter 9, verses 20 through 27, there's a young boy, and the boy has a demon inside of him, a demonic spirit. And we've already got past that place, right? You believe in God, so you understand that there's a devil. You understand that there's angels, so you also understand that there are demonic spirits. Demonic spirits are real. They're really out there trying to... Okay, we're past that point. We get that. So there's this demon inside of this young boy, and in verse 20, it says this, and they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, Jesus, 
Immediately, it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into the fire and into water to destroy him. You have to understand that the the devil's mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. He does not want you to have life. Just like we talked about last week with the spirit of Python, he wants to choke the life out of you. Understand that there is somebody that wants to kill you, wants to destroy your marriage, wants to destroy your relationships, wants to destroy your, your health, your finances, your relationship with God. There is somebody that wants to destroy you. If you are a Christ follower, he is after you. 100% he is after you. And like I told you last week, You better not be scared because greater is he who is inside of you than he who is in the world. You better stand firm, church. You better better put up your hands because God is good and he is faithful and he is with you. Better not be intimidated by no demon or no devil or anything like that. God is with you. Verse 23, verse 22, and often it cast him into the fire, into the water to destroy him. And then the dad asks Jesus this question, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus turns to him and looks at this, and Jesus said to him, if, if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. Church, can God do it? Yes, he can. Verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Could we say that together? I believe, help my unbelief. Again, I believe, help my unbelief. And verse 25, and when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. The dad's faith and the power of Jesus. See, some of you, there are people within your household, within the context of your covering, and you need to have faith that God can work in their lives. See, there's some of us, we got to have faith for our situation, and that's huge. Because with your faith plus the power of Jesus, he's Jehovah Rapha and he's got it. But some of you need to have faith for people that are under your covering and you need to have, you need to believe that he's Jehovah Rapha in that situation and he can do it. There is nothing impossible for God. And just like I told you at the beginning, if he can pull you out of the pit and put your feet on solid ground, what can he not do? You are already the miracle. See, in the book of Romans, chapter 10, and verses 9 through 10, the word of God says this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, 
and believe in your hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. If God can save that person, oh, pastor, not that person. Look at them. They're too far gone. There's no way they can ever turn their life around and come to the Lord. We may, may we never utter those words because can he do it, church? Yes, he can. The Bible says in Isaiah that by his stripes we are healed. And the context of being healed from spiritual darkness to light. There is nothing impossible for our God. So what kind of healing is needed? What kind of healing is needed? What is it, what, what is it that's what's on, what's on your plate? What is it that's going on? See, what's required? Faith. That's right. That's what we're talking about here this morning is faith. You got to believe. He can do it. You might have to do some self-evaluation and, and do, do some checking to see like, okay, man, you know how, how, you know, God reminds us that our forgiveness is directly tied to our ability to forgive others. You might have to evaluate some areas in your life, but, but ultimately what this comes down to is faith. Will you believe that he is who he says he is? And if God tells you, this is who I am, I am Jehovah Rapha, how dare we doubt him? If he says, I'm Jehovah Rapha, then believe he is who he says he is. He is the Lord God Almighty, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. So here's my challenge for us today. Will you call on Jehovah Rapha and will you believe he can do it? Will you believe he can do it? You know, healing looks different according to what God wants to do. You know, God healed. Some of you know that my, my son, he broke his elbow. And God didn't heal him instantly in the moment. But what God did is he miraculously sped up that recovery to where the doctor was like, how is this working? And what a testimony there to the doctor. There are so many things that God does. Yesterday I was at a small group gathering and there was a lady who fell from her chair. She fell. And then her, she got cramped and her leg was stuck like this and she could not, she could not move it and she was struggling. She's, she, she, she's over here like, like this. And that's not meant to be funny, but she, 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 she's like this. So we come and we laid hands on her. And the power of God came over her and her leg straightened out and she's just like, whoa, and we gave glory to God. There have been so many testimonies that we have talked to you about, so many things that God has done here at this very altar not too long ago, I, and, and, and I get it. We don't even talk about them enough, and if God does a miracle in you today, I need to hear about it. We, we got to continue to encourage because God is going to do it. Not too long ago, somebody, God healed a lady here. And I, I've shared this testimony with you where, where she had a cane and then she threw her cane down, didn't even want the cane and had nothing to do with it anymore because God had healed her. Her family was trying to go, here, here you go, take this cane. She's like, I don't want that anymore. My leg's fine. And God can do it. You know, when I was a child, I was in the hospital for several days. And the doctors told my parents to just make me comfortable because I wasn't going to make it. They said, just enjoy every moment with him. It's not going to be very long after this. And my mom cried out to God. 
and he healed me. You know, two healings took place that day. My mom's salvation because she came to the Lord in that moment. And my physical body. You should ask her about that sometime. Church, can God do it? He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. So this is what we're going to do today. Would you stand with me? Would you stand? This is what we're going to do. First, is there anybody here today that says, you know what, the truth is I need to get right with God. I haven't been following him. I can't really say that I've been a Christ follower. But I know that now is the time to turn it all around. Whether you used to walk with the Lord before and you stopped, but you're ready to get back with it, or maybe you've just never really said, I'm going to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, and I, and, I, and I want to, and I don't know how, I'm, but I just know that this is what I want. I want his love in my life, and I, and I, I just I want to follow Jesus with my life. I need him to forgive me, and if he can forgive me, if he can forgive me for all, then I want to be forgiven. And if that's you, would you just quickly just put up your hand and down. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else? Thank you so much. God's going to do that. If you raise your hand, I want you to come and meet me over here on the side, and we're just going to, I'm going to pray for you because God's going to, God is going to fill your life with his Holy Spirit, and he's going to clean up everything that happened. I want you to meet me over here on the side. If today you're here and you need physical healing in your body, there's something going on. Maybe it's in your minds. Maybe you feel like you're hearing voices. Maybe, maybe your health is going through it. You, you got your kidneys. Something's going on. Maybe it's in your ankle. Maybe it's in your back. Maybe wherever it is and you need some type of physical healing, I need you to have faith this morning. And I need you to just come right here in this area. I need you to just to come forward and we're going to call in Jehovah Rapha. Thirdly, right here in this area, if you say there's somebody within my family context or there's somebody within my covering and I need to have faith for them, I need to believe that God can do it in them. I need you to come over here and stand in the gap and we're going to call on Jehovah Rapha. The way that the father believed for his child, I need you to come and believe for whoever that context is and we're going to call on Jehovah Rapha. And we're going to believe God. Church, can God do it? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. So whether you're making a decision for Jesus for yourself, whether you come in home or you're doing it for the first time over here, if you need to stand in the gap for somebody else, come here. If this is for yourself and you need God to bring healing in you, come here. Take steps of faith and let him be Jehovah Rapha. Let him be who he says he is. And you just come forward right here and we're going to come and we're going to worship the Lord and declare his miracles in your life. Amen? Amen. Let's do it. Hey, Pastor Jack here. I hope you enjoyed today's message and were blessed by it. If you did have any questions or prayer requests or wanted to connect with us further, I did want to share with you our email address. You can certainly find more information about us at mosaiconline.org. If it's in Spanish, mosaiconline.org slash ES. Um, but you can also email us here. You can email us at helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. That's helpdesk, H-E-L-P-D-E-S-K, helpdesk 
at mosaiconline.org. And you can send your message to us right there. We'd love to connect with you. That messages will get forwarded over to me and our team, our pastors, our staff. And we would love to help you and pray with you and come alongside you. God bless you.